Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Kentucky, wow, that's quite a long way to Berlin. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the series Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcast, at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, Audible and Red Circle, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Marion Gold of the band Alphaville. They've just released a, a brand new symphonic album called Eternally Yours that collects a lot of their uh, well, their older catalog songs, plus one new one, and uh, and gives it the orchestration treatment. So we're going to be talking about how classical radio of his youth led him to synthesizers in the 80s, uh, the process of turning their pop songs into these dreamy pieces. Uh, Marion's also going to dive into his lifelong love of space exploration, uh, talk about how drugs influence literature and music, and writing around the universe for his, uh, for his father, who was a pilot in World War II. Uh, We're also going to talk about uh, him leaning on Shakespeare's sonnets for inspiration in regards to the uh, the title track, Eternally Yours, which he also says, get this, is an answer to their 80s hit Forever Young. And we'll hear about the plans for the next record that uh, currently has the working title of Thunder Baby. I sure do hope that ends up being the real title. So let's get into this. We're talking Eternally Yours. It's Kyle Meredith with Alphaville's Marion Gold. Hey, how are you? It's great to see you. It's great to hear this this new record. This is a symphonic record that that you've done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and first off, it's just so fun hearing the songs in, in this kind of nature. Uh, what made this project uh, come into existence for you? Well, you described it very well. That that was exactly the idea about it to make to turn the song into something completely different by not just standing in front of a a, a tapestry of violins, you know, and playing. Uh, in the old way, but uh, you know, taking the orchestra as the main spectacle of the production, it's it's just a, one of the most fantastic devices, and it's it's very very complex, and 
it is like you know you turn you you you're taking the songs and bringing them into a different into a different sphere into a different universe and that means that the result by putting them in that symphonic area just with an orchestra without the band the band didn't at not very much just really a few little things because we wanted we wanted to see what the orchestra and the, what the orchestra would do with the songs uh, because we were so curious about the outcome and about the results of it. And it was just a fantastic adventure. And um, and right from the beginning, we thought it would be also great to share it with, with our fans and our listeners, you know, and uh, that was the main point of the whole enterprise. Well, it does give you the, well, I should ask, you know, does it give you the opportunity to take these songs like someplace new because one thing there's putting the orchestra on them but but do you also take that opportunity to say you know what we could we could really transform this in in some special ways yeah i mean it, it is naturally it's a, it's a challenge uh also because the production as uh, as such um you know was a completely different thing normally we go as a band in the studio we uh, think about songs we compose and uh, throwing ideas at each other and then we we just recall and play everything and um and this time i mean there was the orchestra there there were there were librettists and and people who 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 wrote the notations for each and every instrument inside the orchestra there there was a the conductor uh, the the whole technical environment is a complete different thing from what we are normally uh, used to and and we were basically we felt like uh, film directors, you know, and uh, you know, and and the, the, the <laughs> we had direct all these actors, all these different uh, aspects of the production, like probably about about a hundred people, you know, who were involved in this. If you if you if you add any, everybody uh, into into this uh, into this account, and then um, we. It was also kind a kind of a wishing well, you know. We we just said, okay, we would like to have this song uh, as a as a it is it's an up tempo song, but we would like to have it as a ballad, and it should be a waltz. And and then we came up with arrangement ideas, and we had these two uh, fantastic arrangers, uh, Christian Law and and Max Knot, and uh, they were the professional. They in a professional way they could transfer these ideas from from our side here into notations and communicate with the orchestra and it was the whole process was very very different and and very interesting and i, I learned also we learned, we all learned a lot about this I, I think we can take a lot out of this production and put it into future ones because we learned so much about how different instruments can be used you know and and in how many different aspects they can be used and what each instrument has really a soul. I mean, especially these uh, non-electronic instruments. You know, the the violins, the the violas, the the, the trumpets, the oboes, or whatever. You know, it's just a complete different universe of sound. And that interesting. You know, forty years into it, and you're still finding new things about the about these uh, about these instruments. It is. It is. Uh, is exactly what you say. I mean, this is the fantastic thing, thing about music at, at all. You know, that it's it's a wide field and it has uh, it contains lots of unexpected uh, things. Still, I mean, you can be the, in there for a hundred years, maybe for a hundred years, and it it will be still the same. You know, it's just 
it's just wonderful to be a musician. <laughs> well, there was a, there was something you said in the uh, in the press release. You said, you know, uh, doing the songs like this, their true nature has been revealed. What what exactly did you mean by that? Uh, well, I mean, if you compose a song, there's uh, you put a lot of of your inner self and a lot of soul from yourself in, into it. And and when I was a little boy, um, I was totally fascinated. We had a big a kind of big sound machine, you know, with uh, tubes and and a, a big radio with with this magic green eye. And uh, as a six-year-old, I was absolutely into this radio thing. It was like a big, huge cask, and uh, you could travel via the, the the wave lenses, you know, to really strange sounds. You know, but you know, it had all these sounds, and and then suddenly it was blah 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 blah, blah. and then suddenly somebody spoke in a in a different language, in Russian or English or French or whatever. It was absolutely fantastic. That was one thing. And the other thing was that there was, at that time, there were a lot of classical music playing on the radio. I mean, the radios didn't play in Europe. They didn't play very much like pop songs or rock and roll songs or whatever. It was basically classical music. And I, I, I was very much into into Chopin and uh, without knowing the name, you know, but I was just listening. And later on, when I was older, you know, I found out, okay, this is Chopin, this is Mozart. And, uh, and I was completely taken by, by this, by this wonderful music. And uh, I was so much into it, you know, sometimes I sat in front of the radio and I was crying while listening to uh, Mozart, for instance, you know, and my, my mother then said, I, I won't allow you to listen, carry on listening to this music. This is not good music. It was in the bit, it was a little bit like later on when, when um, my father said, you're not listening to rock and roll music. <laughs> my was, you're not listening to classical music. It's not good for you. <laughs> so, um, so I think this, these two sides, the synthesized sounds, you know, it came through the wavelengths by traveling through them, you know, was one side of my, my or the beginning of my musical ideas. And the other side was this classical music. And when later on, when we, from 1982 or three, when we started composing our own music, I was probably still influenced by these things. And so the very core of many songs from Alphaville is, actually very, very close to symphonic music. I mean, if you take a song like Let's Come Home, for instance, or Forever Young, you know, these songs are very easily uh, transcribed into, into symphonic music. And there's a lot more material, of the material. And we collected all this material and put it on the album and, uh, yeah, and did it in that way. And it was not a big task to do that. It was just the different, uh, the difficult thing was, to make decisions, you know, in which direction we should go, but the idea, as such, was uh, was very was a very easy task. It, it is interesting, and I, I think that probably goes along with a, a lot of your peers that also came from that similar era, because you know there have been some other artists who have who have done this the symphonic thing, and it seems like it just easily lends itself as you're talking about, you know, and maybe it is that synthesizer, but I feel like maybe you all were raised sort of in the same way as you were saying with that, with that classical very, side. Very, I mean, very close. I think since uh, uh, the musicians that work a lot with synthesizer, synthesizer and synthesized music are probably quite influenced by, by classical music. If they know it or not, it doesn't matter. But, but there's one, one really one important thing you said, 
the um, you know turning uh, pop songs or rock songs into classical pieces is not a very new idea, and, and you are absolutely right. But what we tried to do was, I mean, we took this idea, but we we tried to do something really different with it. We we really wanted the orchestra playing that, not the band should not be involved. That was uh, that was the law. None of us would. I mean, we did a few overdubs with drums, just a few. And and uh, there's a, a sequencer running uh, alongside uh, sounds like melody, but it was basically the orchestra because that would mean that we had the greatest changes with all the songs in, uh, included in in this, and that was what what we wanted to achieve. We wanted the songs sounding as if they had been written in the 19th century and then played by an orchestra. Although I mean I know the way. Music was composed in, in these times was a completely different thing, but you know what I mean. You know that so that that these songs somehow sound authentic, you know, as if written in the 19th century of another of, of a parallel universe or whatever. Well, I, I tell you, and opening it up, I mean, you've got right from the beginning we hear "Dream Machine," you know, which is this is a great track anyway you know sort of uh i guess you call it deeper cuts in 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 your catalog did you um was there intention of putting that as the opening track does that speak how does that speak for the rest of the record that uh, you know that that the listener is about to hear um when when we put the 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 music together we we were thinking about um uh what kind of uh red you know, a red line we could follow. And uh, we thought, okay, we, we construct the album as if it was a, a, a public appearance, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a public group in front of an audience. And then we came up with the idea that, uh, that uh, this, uh, this first track um, would be absolutely perfect because it starts, it comes out of nowhere you no, know, it, it comes out of nowhere, and uh, and and the idea then was okay. In in the demo version, there were like synthesized sounds and noises and all these things. How can we achieve this with an orchestra? We're using all the instruments of the orchestra in a in a different way, in the in a way that these instruments were not meant to work. So in the beginning, you hear this strange sound, like, and it's all all the instrumentalists of the orchestra they they hit their instruments with their bows, you know? So it's just it's just this fluttering kind of strange sound that comes out. And then you suddenly hear the first little sounds coming in. So it's it's really a great intro, you know, that uh, and Dream Machine is from its title, you know, it it, it is like a machine that creates dreams or in one way, you know, makes turns dreams into reality you know and and that is so there's these two ideas were behind uh, the uh, the decision that we thought that dream machine would be a perfect uh, track as as an opener for for this project it's so imaginative uh, the the idea of of a machine that makes dreams and that's what i've always loved about your songwriting is the imagination that goes into you know whether it's uh space exploration i mean i know that's sort of played a big parts i we were talking before the intro here and you showed me you got a rocket ship next to you and uh that, that's from from rg from uh tim as in german it's, it's a comic series called tim und struppi and it's about a, 
a kind of detective and he has a little dog and they they also exploring the moon with this thing. <laughs> you know i got it i got it from my uh from my daughter as a christmas present last christmas yeah but when when you show me that i i wasn't surprised that you know because you have a song called apollo you know from the 90s and 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 just on and on and on what was it about space that that drew you you know i'm i'm surrounded by bowie pictures back here i'm a big bowie fan too so you know space was always a big part of his songwriting right what was it for you uh, as a space exploration all, all the ideas about uh what you know what you read when you read science fiction or science with Ray Bradbury over uh, we have a, like a a comic hero in Germany his name is Perry Roden you know I grew up with these comics uh, when I was a little boy and I was always fascinated in in strange things in bizarre things and and what could be more bizarre you know to enter different universes different planets different civilizations where where your fantasy would just fly and just could could go wherever Whatever it desires, you know, it's it's just it it just frees your mind from from lots of uh, lots of unnecessary loads when you go when you enter these spaces. And I mean, as long as you can return, you know, not like Major Tom, he doesn't return. <laughs> <laughs> and another another thing is, you know, is that uh, so for instance, dr drug consumption is it's very similar to to that. It's it's a chemical. It's a chemical parallel, you know, to what you know. It expands it or it can expand your mind, and uh, and all these things. I mean, also in in science fiction literature, like neuromancer, what they say is they play a really important role. Drugs on one side, fantasy on the other side, technology on the third side, if there are third sides, uh, and whatever. So, I mean, the, all these kind of comb combinations were just really interesting from 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 the very beginning for me i mean even when i was like 10 11 years old i was i was uh, starting you know thinking about all these things and then you naturally uh, you drift into a, a place that is the hemisphere of of artists or of art it's 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 so logical you know so i mean it, there was simply no other choice for me than to become an artist because uh, i had all these crazy ideas in my mind and otherwise i would have probably gone mad or <laughs> yeah, yeah and we'll be right back right after this shout out to uh, astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples uh, I, I live in kentucky in the midwest and allergies yeah i suffer when i say i suffer from allergies i suffer from allergies and around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. 
with all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Marion Gold of Alphaville. You know, I noticed that 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 mode that uh, that inspiration has stuck with you i mean we only head back to the, the your your previous record a few years ago and you've got the song around the universe which is also incorporated in this new set with the new the the latest news of space exploration what we're able to see with this new telescope do you find that that's still influencing whatever you're writing these days i don't know i mean i i'm i'm not i'm good I'm I'm very much interested, you know, what's what's happening with these new telescopes that they just shot up in, into the sky and and the Hubble telescope and uh, I'm very much interested in all these things. Have you have you have you watched uh, For All Mankind this, uh, this TV series? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. This is I think it's on. Is it on Netflix or on Amazon? I don't know. It, it it's just absolutely fantastic. It's it is a story. Uh, it's a parallel reality thing you know so it starts with the ex uh, space exploration in the early 60s and um, so it just you know uh, runs alongside his the history that we know but in 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 1968 or so it's not the americans that land on the moon but the russians they won the war the, this space thing and so they are and it goes on and on into the 70s 80s and 90s and and some things are exactly the same and some others are completely different. And I can only recommend it. This is really fantastic. And it's in a way also a kind of science fiction thing, you know, because in the 90s, then they uh, go to Mars and there's another space race and on. And it's really interesting. It's, it's like three... Um, yeah, I saw the last sequence of, uh, of this series and it's it's very, very good. I guess I know what I'm watching this weekend. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Great, great uh, actors also. Really, really good. Really good. Well made. Well, you know, I, I brought up uh, uh, Around the Universe and that coming from just a few years ago. And again, as I mentioned, that's on this uh, this new set with Eternally Yours. You know, with a song so new um, versus all of your older songs, did you approach that one in the same way? Because, you know, it would it feel to me like that one's still fresh. You know, you had just laid that one down not long ago. Like, uh, like how did you approach that one? For me, the, these songs, they have, I mean, they have no, I, I, I do not uh, see them in like different, on different levels that this song is old, this song is new or whatever. Um, they become very, very present 
like when, for instance, when we play them live, you know, then they're all in the same on the same time timeline. And um, uh, but we we're talking about like a, a song around the universe. That is actually a very personal song because it, it deals about it's a, it's a song about my father, um, um, and about two different. You know, two different uh, persons that both uh, represent myself. You know, me as a young boy and me as a as an adult. And I wrote this song when uh, after my father had died, and um, I just he was a a, a pilot in in the Second World War, and um, when I was a little boy, I found uh, on on uh, under the roof of our house there was a kind of big casket, and I found. Uh, photographs of him, you know, in this uniform and uh, sitting in in one of these fighter planes, and um, I, I I was a little boy and tried to ask him about it. He would not talk. I mean, he he, he never talked about the war. When shortly before he died, he, he t told me a, a, a few stories about this, but he never talked very much about that. So um, um, I had this photograph in my hand, and. Uh, and then when when my father died, I remembered this this thing, you know, and I wondered, you know, that maybe he's now on another voyage, on another uh, travel. And uh, he, he, I mean, he was fighting in the war and came back and created me, you know, now he's gone forever. And I wondered, you know, is probably is there what sometime there is probably somebody who has a photograph of mine in his hands. You know, I, I wondered who who this person would probably be or whatever. And this was what I really put into the lyrics, what I tried to express with the lyrics, without uh, attempting everybody, making everybody understand these lyrics. I mean, they were just for me words, you know, that I could sing and that would really, uh, in, in a way, inspire me. You know, while while I'm singing, because when you're singing, you put all these feelings into your voice, and then you tell much more the story becomes much bigger when you sing it and you need the right words for that so um uh so this yeah it has to do with the universe and all these things it has a lot of cosmic aspects but um it, from a from a complete probably different perspective you know like people probably might think it's a beautiful sentiment though i mean just uh the way you come through on that and it's and I will say it's beautifully orchestrated <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, throughout all it. And, and, and I should quickly bring up, there's a, there is a new song on here too. It's the title track. Uh, what can you tell me about that one? Because there's always that, okay, we're going to write a new song. There's going to be something, you know, something to bring you in. Yeah. As a, this is the only new song that we wrote for this album. We, we thought that we had to write one new song that, accomplishes somehow the, the 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 structure or that you know sets it you know that as a kind of in you know that surrounds the 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 idea of of, of the album um the title track so we we knew that the title of the album would be eternally yours and it was the first time in my life that i wrote a song just Going from starting with the title, not with a with a line or with with a, with a verse or so, with no idea. There was just this eternally yours, which is like the ending of a love letter or whatever, mm -hmm. and um, and that, that was quite interesting. And I was I actually was unable to write any lyrics for it. So uh, uh, I I am a great uh, William Shakespeare reader and uh, admirer, and uh, I think he's. I have no words to describe this guy. 
So I I won't do it. And I, I read through his sonnets and uh, and put some of these lines together to express the situation of an of an uh, aged artist, <laughs> which which is actually me. Uh, and and actually, William Shakespeare wrote a lot about aged artists or aged people, and um, this is. It is a, a dialogue between the, the artist and the muse, you know, his muse, uh, which can be anything. It can be an idea or it can be a, a woman in flesh and blood or whatever. Uh, this, it, it doesn't matter for this song. It's just that the artist in the end in this song with the words of William Shakespeare says, I may be old, but I'm not too old that I could not talk and that I could not talk anymore with my muse. The, the muse is still there and gives me inspiration and I can still create things. And um, and this is, uh, yeah, that is the content that I drew out of the sonnets of uh, William Shakespeare. And I, I rearranged the, the verses a little bit and, um, and the result then was the song. And then we wrote, we had the lyrics and then the next big step was Okay, and now the music, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and that was probably that was really interesting uh, because uh, the the other songs when we wrote the other songs we were not thinking about symphonic uh, interpretations or whatever. But this song, right from the start, was uh, from the from its idea it had to be a symphonic thing, and uh, yeah, and that. Was it in a way it opened the door for us, you know, to get ourselves right into this production. You know, by writing this song, it was like a the keyhole, and we turned the key by creating this song, and then went into this production. It's and it's got these movements in it. I mean, it it seemed like you all really, I don't know, maybe had a lot of fun kind of figuring out all those. Yeah, yeah, that, that we threw really lots of ideas at each other. You know, I mean, there are lots of different pieces that represent members from the band and uh, and and we are all inside this song i mean it's, it's uh, uh, much more than in other songs in other songs it's more like that we we streamline in a way um, we we running in parallel in parallel lines you know through a production you know but with this song we just collided you know from all sides you know is it, it with with the track i mean called eternally yours and, and talking about an older artist is there any intentional callback to a moment like forever young i mean do you take those moments on this record yeah yeah this eternally yours is in a way the answer to forever young if there's any answer possible for this song because i i i, I will never understand what this song finally tells or expresses you know it's a complete riddle to me i mean i'm talking about forever young because uh it's it, the the wonder about this song is that it it seems to um to have a, a, a an elementary command to any situation in life i mean people listening to this song when they on on a wedding on a funeral on a birthday on on so many contradictory occasions and to each of these situations the song has an answer a, a kind of command and um i mean I've I've written this song together with uh, with Bernard and and uh, Frank uh, almost forty years ago, but 
so people probably think, oh, these guys knew what they were doing when. They, no, we didn't know what we were doing when we wrote the song. We, I mean, for some reason, we made we got everything right for the song, but I mean, I have really no explanation why. Or I mean, it was not intentional. <laughs> some of those songs they just got that magic dust on them and that's that's one of them that's that's yeah. i feel it too I, I feel it too whenever i listen to it and i do that with a lot of your uh your songs that you've written through the years so so you sort of mentioned it and i'll close out with this um you know taking what you've learned from from eternal years from this project how is that influencing are you writing new music now that you're finding out goes along with 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 these concepts yeah, well, there's one really serious problem about this uh, this uh, production of Eternally Yours, and that is that it takes so long. Normally, you know, we, we you comp you write an album, you record the album, um, then it will be it, it it's released, and then you have some you do some promo, you do a, a couple of concerts, and and that's it then. Um, so it's basically one year, one and a half year, maybe what you need. Uh, this production goes on and on. I mean, we started. Uh, in the middle of uh, of uh, twenty one, you know, with this, and finished the recording uh, in the beginning of twenty two, and now the album will be released this month. Finally, uh, it goes to up to Christmas. You know, then the next year we have uh, the the tour that starts in Europe, uh, and hopefully we also come to 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 the United States uh, in. Uh, in in springtime to, to 2023 you know and that goes on and on to the middle of maybe even in in fall 23 or whatever so this is really a long long time and we're already working on on the next album that with the it has a working title the thunder baby it's called thunder and, baby uh, <laughs> Yeah, Alphabet is famous for a really strange time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it is, uh, I mean, we also have written quite a lot of material, which is um, before before the actual production of Eternal Years. And this this material is very, very electronically. It is very, it sound, it's really a look back into the beginnings of, of, of the history of Alphabet in a way. There's lots of electronics, lots of sequencers and and drum machines and all these things involved. And um, it is, uh, I don't know. I mean, because we did this this production now, we 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 are in in different territories. So we we we're just sitting there and wondering what what shall we do with this material? Uh, there must we must we must overdub or we must do something with it, something completely different. What we originally intended to do, maybe we we do this with. The second next album, what we tried to do with uh, Thunder Baby, because we we in in such a different territory mind, from our mindset at the moment that uh, we cannot carry on the production as as we already as we originally planned, and uh, uh, so in a way it's good that Eternal Years gives us some time to uh, reorientate and uh, think about what we what we're going to do with the baby and and. Uh, yeah, and it will also probably for us uh, a complete surprise when we finish the production. What it is, when we, if you compare it to the original idea from the beginning. So, but whatever it is, I am looking very, very much for. I mean, I'm so happy whenever we manage to go into back into the studio between all the concerts and all these promotion activities for Eternal Years and working on Thunder Baby. 
uh, because this is uh, it's it's such a great it's a, it's a really a great enterprise and and um, and it is it will be again a, a very very different album from the one before and but it will co uh, contain lots of uh, experiences that we can draw draw out of uh, of eternal years of the production of eternal years. Well, I'll be looking forward to hearing that one just as much as I, I love hearing all the work that you all put out. Um, but in the meantime, Marion, uh, Eternally Yours, it is such a fun adventure that you all have made uh, with these songs. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for doing the music and, and thank you for taking the time to talk about it today. All right. All right. It was a pleasure to talk to you. All the best. And my thanks to Marion Gold. Alphaville, the brand new album is called Eternally Yours. Thanks to you as well for uh, for hanging out, checking out the episode. Hit that subscribe button so you can uh, keep up with the entire series. Three new interviews a week, new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual podcast places. That also includes YouTube for the video versions. Then after that, you can head over to WFPK.org. To write to a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also catch me on the uh, social media spots. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. At Kyle Meredith is the address. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. What is this little radio device there? That is really sweet. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence, where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson host of our new Consequence podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal was to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle.